It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This is a Raven Slayer production. Raven Slayer, creating a sex positive world through adult education. You're listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. Join us in a sex positive awakening, an adventure to help create a sex positive world. Become part of the movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. This is the sex education that you did not receive in high school, but should have. I am Ladyboy Gigi. I'm a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. Today we're talking about being non-binary and acceptance. And I'd like each of you to kind of define what that means for you. Why don't you begin? And you can use your name or you can use your magical magical name. Magical name? I don't think I have one. (laughs) So, um... I'm Lulu. Um, I'm non-binary myself, but when it comes to acceptance and my gender identity for sex specifically, I find that there is no other way uh, for someone like me. It's either I push myself in the closet and I don't accept myself and I'm miserable and therefore I'm like really shy mm-hmm. and reserved and I'm not very bold at sex or it's not that fun for me. Yeah. But when I discovered that everything changed, I was not shy at all. Um, I started taking on new roles. I started um, being more playful, more aggressive, more flirty and everything else. And I found body acceptance more than anything because I realized mm-hmm. I had dysphoria like no one's business and I just never knew it. And now it's like, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm so sexy and yeah. I love it. So that's what that is for me. Uh-oh, cool. And I know that growing up, I didn't even know I was intersex until much later. But I've always been kind of an effeminate male. And even as a kid, I finally came up with a term for me. Instead of being a tomboy, I was a girl giant. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> And, you know, I've always felt that I didn't fit as male or female. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit of both and neither. So I can totally relate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What about you? I mean, we talked a little bit before we started recording. And we were talking a little bit about both acceptance and non-binary. Well, I... And and introduce... Who do you want to go to? Uh, my name is Kim, also known as Brew Baby. I born and identify as female, but I am bisexual. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same? Same. Oh, roll bicycle. That's great. Yes. And um, I have only recently come to discover that I find I am a switch with women. Submissive to males, but a switch with women, generally. Although I have found myself a nice, binary <laughs> young person that I... Uh, <laughs> I, I found my dominant side with, which was interesting and fun. But because it's taken me a long time to discover who I am, I'm still discovering the terms, like, non-binary and what it actually means so that I have a better understanding to not unintentionally offend. And, you know, we get a lot of political correctness about this stuff, but it runs much deeper than that, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to identity, one of the first question asked when a baby's born is what? Either boy, boy or girl. girl. <laughs> exactly. And after that question is answered, a whole industry kicks in to support it. Mm -hmm. And make it one or the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Blue and pink. Mm -hmm. Do you buy Barbies or fire trucks? <laughs> yep, there's toy sections segregated, the clothing is segregated, the underwear is segregated, the bathrooms mm -hmm. are segregated, everything in its... Mm -hmm. the, even commercials are segregated to, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, c cater to one audience or the other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet, real, our real sex isn't just what's between our legs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sex starts in the brain. What's between our ears? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so if we identify with what's between our legs, mm -hmm. sometimes that can be incongruent with what's between our ears. For sure. Uh, I didn't introduce myself. Oh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, <laughs> hi, I, I'm Paul. I also am non-binary. Um, I have known that I was non-binary for the last uh, three or four years, but before that I always considered myself a, a very feminine guy. I always, you know, like when I was a kid, as we were talking about with the, the toy sections, and all, like I found myself drawn to things that I wasn't supposed to like. Um, I remember growing up, like one of my favorite games with my cousins was like having them dress me as a girl and when I was six seven eight even nine that was okay and the adults would giggle and laugh and think it was cute but as I got to be 10 11 12 13 all of a sudden we had to stop showing me off to the adults like I had to stay in her room until I had washed all the makeup up off because after I was nine and it wasn't cute kid stuff they started to be concerned for me yeah so how'd that feel for you it was confusing uh at the time I didn't realize that it was probably a manifestation of things that were in me I just knew like this is fun I really enjoy it and you know I didn't see anything wrong with it and it was so weird because, you know, when I first did it, the adults had, like, laughed and giggled and even, like, took photos of me. And I really liked the attention. 
And so when one year I went out and all of a sudden there was this change in the switch, they reacted so differently and made me feel like bad about it. Mm -hmm. It it really was confusing more than anything else. Cause I, you know, I, I knew I wasn't doing anything wrong. I knew I was having fun. I knew I wasn't hurting anyone. And I saw no reason for anyone to, you know, like, be concerned about me. And, like, the really hard thing was, you know, the the cousins that I was with, like, you know, there was, you know, there were some lesbians in the family and a couple of gay men. And, you know, so it was in general, generally a fairly open family, you know, for some reason, me wearing a dress became this big deal. So it was very confusing all around. I bet. What were some of your early experiences? Oh, man. Um, so I only... I It hasn't even been a full year since I discovered I was non-binary because, God, I'm 20 years old and it was when I was 18 or 19 that I realized I wasn't straight. And it was only, again, not even a year ago I discovered I was non-binary. Um, and that was because... Due to my family and the people that I was raised around, I was so far in the closet that I found Narnia. (laughs) And it was, I had no idea. I just, growing up, I know I would, you couldn't catch me dead in a skirt. I wouldn't do it. My mom hated that. She would, she was always mad about it. And she would have, why won't you just wear the skirt? And I'd would tell her I just don't want to I hate them I can't do cartwheels in those I can't climb trees in those and she'd always hate it she hated if I ever dressed or did anything masculine she introduced makeup to me very early and I remember it was my 11th birthday party I think no it was my 13th that was uh when I like wore really heavy makeup and um I still wore uh pants and a t-shirt and stuff which my mom didn't approve of but more than anything, it was, like, little signs. Yeah. Uh, I remember... This might be a little too much information, but when I was a little kid, I used to try and stand up and be like a boy. Mm-hmm. And I remember the... No one knew about it. I'd hide it, because I knew that that was, like, supposed to be really wrong. And, you know, I was like, that's weird. That's not, that's not how I'm supposed to do that. And if my mom knew, I'm sure she would have probably freaked out. But more than anything, it was just this crippling like self-hatred when it came to like all of my features and I used to I used to think it was like oh it's just the general female body issues because I'm chubby and you know that's frowned upon and everything else but it went so much deeper I it was me trying to force myself into that box of femininity it was my hair was down to my butt and everyone just bitched and moaned about every time I was like I think I want to cut it short and be like no don't do it like as though it was about to like drop a baby or something and I forced myself to wear makeup I forced myself to uh, start wearing dresses and curling my hair and I'd get all dolled up whenever I could and I just tried to make myself a girl as much as I possibly could and the more I did it just the more I absolutely fucking hated myself and I remember realizing when I was non-binary, I kind of looked myself in the mirror and I was just, I was having a really good day and I'd had just these wonderful waves of like no dysphoria at all. And it was about a week or so later that I looked in the mirror. I was like, I'm not a woman. 
and I kind of sat there and I, my eyebrows were furrowed and I kind of put my hands on my hips and I sat there and I thought about it for a moment. I was like, I'm not a woman. And like my, my face got a little brighter, a little bit more, but then yeah. I was like, shit, how do I tell everyone else? Oh my God, what's going to happen? And I tried to like stuff it down for about two more weeks after that. And I, I was talking to my boyfriend and I was like poking around. And I was like, so what do you think of non-binary people? Like, what's the deal with them? Right. <laughs> and you know, he was basically saying like, ah, I mean, I don't really have a say in it. It's fine. And so I, you know, I came out to him a little while later and, uh, he was only concerned that, you know, I was going to like change drastically who I was and, and that I wouldn't be uh, the me that he knows and loves, but that never happened. But more than anything, it's, it was so stuffed down that I don't even think I can tell you more than just those little things. But it was that realization, just very sudden and unexpected, that kind of flipped my world on its head, and I've been a lot happier with myself ever since. For me, I can can trace my origins back to one skirt. Now, I've always worn very interesting clothing, and I had worn a lot of skirts before. They were like sarong, ankle-length numbers, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I used to dress up for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And like I said, when I was a kid, I did drag. But it felt very much like I am doing drag now. It felt different. But I was hanging out with some friends of mine. And we were doing, like, a little impromptu, like, clothing exchange. And one of them picked up this, like, black, like, tight, very small black patent leather mini skirt and she was like this is yours now i was like okay and i put it on and i felt different i felt sexy i felt you know just this whole different air like come over me and i went out that day i went to austin i hung out on sixth street a little bit and then you know it was you know It wasn't quite that day, but, you know, I was thinking a few days later about how good that felt, and I was like, I should try wearing skirts more often, and then, then I had my, my friend gift me an entire wardrobe of clothing I had always really loved, because she changed her style, and so I had lots of skirts to pick from, and I started wearing them more and more and more. And I was like, oh, that femininity that I've always felt, that's not just, like, a small thing. That's very much a part of who I am. Mm. that. So, I have a question. Since both of you identify as Mm non-binary, genetically speaking, obviously, you both have a genetic gender. Mm -hmm. How does it come across if say somebody who doesn't understand or doesn't know that you're Mm -hmm. non-binary says something like, oh, you're a lovely woman or you're Mm -hmm. a handsome young man. How does that make you feel like, how do you explain something like that to someone who doesn't know or understand so that they can accept who you are and and what it means to you? Mm -hmm. I'm very non-confrontational in just about everything I do. So... Usually, if someone says that's not very ladylike or, oh, you know, you're such a fine young lady or whatever else, I just kind of sit there and I'll, I'll 
internally cringe and like, you know, I'll grit my teeth, but I don't usually say anything, especially if it's just a stranger passing by, Mm -hmm. because if I was mad about this, I wouldn't have a place to be mad about it because it would be everywhere. It's so much effort. And especially since I don't do anything to, um, I don't bind and I don't, um, Mm -hmm. wear Packers or anything, you know, people just kind of assume, even if I'm wearing everything I wear can be from the men's section and they don't, they don't really get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so more than mm-hmm. anything, if they're willing to have a long conversation, then I'll usually be very, um, gentle and I'll just be like, you know, that's actually, you know, if you could not call me that, I'd appreciate it. And they'll usually mm-hmm. go, why? And I'll say, oh, I'm non-binary and I'll either get the conventional eye roll, in which case I know not to speak to that person or limit my conversations with them as much as possible. Or they'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Or they'll ask more about it. But it all depends on the scenario, but more and than I anything. I think it makes it a little more difficult for women because it, in our culture, especially since the women's movement, it's been acceptable for women to wear men's clothes. In fact, a lot of guys find that sexier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Whereas for a man to wear a woman's clothes is Oh, it's really a disgrace. Yeah, and it's and like this horrible thing. Mm-hmm. And so, in a certain way, it's kind of like even the way you dress yeah, but fits I, in too well yeah. for mm-hmm. it to raise any flags. Yep. Yeah. So, I, it's kind of a two edged mm-hmm. sword there. <laughs> I, I actually think that's changing, though, because oh, I is. I wear women's clothing everywhere, and I'm never surprised when someone has a problem with it, but I am frequently surprised when no one has a problem with it, yeah. particularly in small-town America. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it, it's a, you know, it's not, it, it, it is scary sometimes to, like, go into a gas station in the middle of nowhere, like, wearing the clothing that I do and like yeah sometimes I get looks sometimes I even get comments not very often do I have get comments normally just looks but when like the people behind the the thing are you know like older or you know or like come from a culture that I would imagine would have a problem with it and then they treat me with respect that surprises me, that's and that makes surprise, me feel yeah. really good. And that's happening more and more. And I, I really appreciate it when it does happen. And I'd like to throw this out. Often put out a lot of feminine energy as well as a little bit of masculine, but more feminine. Mm-hmm. And often when I go into a store, people will go, can I help you, ma'am, or a restaurant? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll be dressed in jeans and a T-shirt and... I think it's the energy mm-hmm. that we project sometimes on how people read us. Yeah. Does yeah. that play a part in either of y'all's life? For, for me, it's it's funny because a lot of times people will do the, like, can I help you, ma'am? And I look at them or I start talking and they hear my voice. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And, like, sometimes I was like, oh, you weren't that far off. And uh, that tends to confuse people, but I like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you ever gotten like, oh, you're just metrosexual? Oh yeah, yeah, I I, yeah. I have. Like, and no, like first of all, like I like sucking dick, so I'm not like <laughs> I am like pansexual. I am not metrosexual at all. But yes, I I have had people make statements like that, especially when that was more of a 
big thing. I'm kind of glad that term's going away a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Gosh, more than anything, when it comes to feminine versus masculine energies, I usually don't actively try to put off anything simply for the fact that, I mean, some days I'll put off uh, masculine stuff just because, you know, I put on my boys' jeans, my, you know, t-shirts that I get from the men's section, not to mention they all fit better than any women's clothes Mm -hmm. ever have because (laughs) my body shape is just, uh, retailers don't like it, but men's retailers are like, yeah, that works. (laughs) But more than anything... People just seem to think that I'm just a butch lesbian half the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it can be frustrating because on one hand I'm like, I mean, I'm gay, but you're still you're still wrong on like both accounts. Mm-hmm. And I get you're trying, but that's still that's still not quite right. So mm-hmm. it's difficult. I'm glad I don't face the violence that trans women or AMAB non-binary uh, people do, but uh, for wearing skirts. Mm-hmm. But I hate the invisibility that comes with the fact that I can yeah. wear, you know, clothes from any section of the store. I mean, mm-hmm. as long as it's not the kids' section. But <laughs> it can be infuriating at times. I've never been called sir, ever. Mm. And I could start doing voice training where my voice sounds lower and it'll throw them off. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, people will just ask me, do you have a cold? What's? Are you <laughs> sick? What's wrong with you? I'm like, Nothing. It's just, uh, so, it can, yeah. You know, I've never gone out and tried to project one energy or another. It's just who I naturally am. Mm -hmm. Do any of you ever feel like, as a society, we tend to try and fit everybody into these small boxes? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, for sure. Even... I I know I've been involved in the bisexual Talk about invisible. <laughs> For real. Mm-hmm. It's like, depending on the perceived gender of each individual, mm-hmm. we're seen as either gay or straight. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that one. Um, uh, I am a bisexual female with a tendency to lean towards males as partners. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy females. I like females. But I do gravitate mm-hmm. towards males. And people don't seem to understand this they're like well then you're straight it's like no no that's not it that's not how it works no there's something about male masculine personalities Mm -hmm. that draw me and they don't seem to understand that it's like oh so you like butch dykes i was like no that first of all that's kind of offensive to say that in that manner and second of all no that's not it there's a Anybody that exudes a masculinity to them, I am more attracted to in general. Yeah, that like that's the thing with me too, is I'm, I'm definitely more attracted to femininity than I am masculinity, but that can come in a lot of different packages, you mm-hmm. know. And also, I'm attracted to androgyny, especially. I, mm-hmm. I, I like you know masculine women. I like feminine men i i really like wherever like in the middle like if you're there like that's so fucking hot because like you know you you get like the the good qualities of, of both like oh like you know there's the strength and the and the intensity but there's also the soft and the soothing and the mm, 
She's so good. But what do you, what do you consider androgynous? And androgyny is, to me is the space between the genders where they meet, and it you can play around in a lot of ways. There's many ways to be androgynous, mm -hmm. but it's actively accepting both the femininity and the masculinity and projecting it outside of yourself. Yeah. I'm in the bisexual world. Mm -hmm. I've been involved in bi conferences for many, many years, and I do what's called gender bending. Mm -hmm. And I've had girlfriends that wear a strap on and pack mm -hmm. <laughs> their panties. Get that bulge going and strut around. <laughs> Honestly, there's an appeal. There's a big appeal to it. Yeah. I mean, it's there's something more to be said about it because even then, even if you are uh, cis and you identify as the gender you were born with, there's still that spectrum of like mm -hmm. being leaning towards masculine or feminine yeah. and mm -hmm. what you'd like to do and how you'd like to present. Well, being gender fluid is a little different because. It's exploring. I, I had a girlfriend that was very feminine most of the time, mm -hmm. and she liked to put on a strap on and fuck me. Mm -hmm. And it oh, was I awesome. Love, I love and doing she that. Liked yeah, being the boy. <laughs> mm -hmm. But just for that, you know, it wasn't like she identified as boy. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. a whole. She didn't identify as non-binary. Mm -hmm. She just liked to explore the other part of her nature. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that kind of opened the door to me. I think all of us have some curiosity, mm -hmm. if not more, oh, yeah. about what it's like to be. I think we all have to we some extent a duality in our mm -hmm. personalities mm -hmm. that some people just aren't as open to exploring that other side. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. true. I know more than anything, though. So, question. For, I mean, everyone here, but specifically y'all two, when it came to understanding you were intersex or understanding you were non-binary, mm -hmm. how specifically did that impact your sex life? Or if you were too young, you know, mm -hmm. did it shape it somehow? So I had a lot of um, really negative experiences mm -hmm. when I was first exploring my uh, sexuality with uh, aggressive, like really sexually aggressive men that I I felt were like I was way out of their league they didn't carry themselves well they hit on me because they didn't think they could get with other people a lot of the time you know it wasn't just how they looked it was the, about their personalities they were just creepy and gross and yeah way too aggressive and because that happened a lot, I closed myself off. Uh, like, I had started exploring, like, being with men, male-bodied people a little bit before I embraced my non-binary-ness-ness. <laughs> but when I did, it reopened the door and made me like, think about and realize, like, oh, just because I had those negative experiences, just because I, I went through that doesn't mean that 
you know, all of the experiences are going to be like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's when I got my first boyfriend and, it, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So it definitely opened up my sexuality quite a bit. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What about you, G? Oh, for me. Uh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> it really didn't impact that much. <laughs> because I was so sexual at such a young age. Right. I seduced my babysitters. Oh my god! Male and female. Gigi! <laughs> um, oh my goodness. I played doctor with all the kids in the neighborhood, and boys <laughs> and girls. And I'm one of these, I'm one of these rare 50-50 bisexuals. Mm -hmm. I find both men and women attractive, equally attractive. Mm -hmm. Just different. Mm -hmm. yeah. Men get up off a certain energy, and what, and it's not really that black and white. It's not. No. Uh, I've known women, I've got a lesbian friend that's probably more masculine than a lot of guys. Oh, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not so much about that. It's partly about the energy of a person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's also partly about what's between their legs. Nah. I, mean, I find both There's fun the phallus and the vulva are both so beautiful and awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not playing with them. <laughs> so it really didn't have much impact on my sex life. Mm -hmm. But did it have impact in, like, where else? I think where it had impact was I went through the gender dysphoria for a long time, too, because oh, they yeah. didn't even tell me I was intersex. It wasn't until I was in my 20s that I discovered that I was intersex. How did you discover I took a sexual education class, and part of it covered intersex. Mm -hmm. I go, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. That's great. Um, the other clue was that I had bleeding my first year of puberty. Oh, wow. For, it wasn't on the clock like monthly, but mm -hmm. it was a little erratic, but it was close to monthly. Oh, wow. And I went to doctors and said, what's going on? And they wouldn't tell me. They said, oh, it's nothing. They'd run tests. And they said, it's nothing to be concerned about. It'll go away eventually. Doctors are just, they're meat and, technicians. They can screw up just like everyone else. Yeah. But when I finally learned, and I always, I mean, even as a kid, the men's bathroom didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. So I snuck into the women's bathroom and sat down to pee. Mm -hmm. That didn't quite feel right either. Mm -hmm. I thought, they don't make a bathroom for me. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like I was an alien. Mm -hmm. I thought, I'm something different. I know there's one specific bathroom and on campus that I have to use because it's one of the only unisex bathrooms, and I can't, I hate using any of the other ones. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I'm unsafe in the men's restroom, but I don't feel right in the women's restroom. It makes me feel bad about myself. Yeah. So. Yeah, that really bothers me so much. Like, I don't understand why people make it their business, why they care so much about where people use the restroom. Well, they all say, well, like, oh, why segregate them in the first place? For real. Just make them all little stalls that are lockable. And... Because, not to mention, I feel sorry for men who have to, like, whip their dick out in front of everyone 
My yeah. poor boyfriend hates it. He can, have he have you ever peed in a trough? That's the no, worst. I don't want to. That yeah. sounds horrible. I don't need anyone else watching me do my business. Mm-hmm. I hate, I, I feel horrible for people who are pee shy, who have to use the men's restroom. Because mm-hmm. I know my boyfriend, when we when we get out of the movies, if we go on date night and it's all crowded, he has to like he has to wait. He'll wait until we go home, even if his body is about to burst, because he can't handle it. It's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair for boys, and I know... Well, More than anything, there's no harm in putting boys and girls together. It's not going to hurt anyone. Yeah, and I'll tell you something even more devastating. Boys P.E. shorts. You cannot hide an erection in them. No, you cannot. <laughs> and when you get to that age, everything that jiggles gets you. <laughs> you brush against the door frame. <laughs> hey, look, it's concrete. Boing. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, I I remember I went home and I had to I had I had to go home and masturbate after a freaking high school lecture about tectonic plates because there was something about like the hot hard upper mantle of the earth and I was like oh shit I have to go home right now because <laughs> I was I was the horniest kid growing up oh my gosh it was ridiculous oh me too <laughs> it was yeah no and it's I remember, oh, and then there was the birth control incident. Holy shit, don't get me started on that. My sex drive plummeted for years until I got an IUD. And, of course, no one tells you about Mm -hmm. that because everything about sex is taboo. Having a vagina is taboo. Mm -hmm. Having a penis Mm -hmm. is taboo. Whatever the fuck you got, it's just... Well, what was even more taboo for me, intersex babies are often very late bloomers. I didn't reach puberty until I was almost 17. And that's that's a, a big sign. Everybody teased me because I still was a little boy. <laughs> they, come, they used to go, when are you going to grow up? <laughs> and that's one of the biggest signs of being intersex. But the thing is, no one thinks about it because they're, it's not profitable. It's not profitable to be intersex. It's not profitable mm-hmm. to be non-binary. It's profitable to be a boy or a girl because then you have your men's suit stores and you have your bridal gowns and your dress stores and... Um, then when we opened the show, I said, after a baby's born and the question's answered, a multi-million dollar industry steps mm-hmm. in to support that decision. Not to mention, when you're non-binary, you know, you don't have the the product ads of, if you don't shave or you don't put on makeup, then you should feel bad about yourself, yeah. don't apply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and believe it or not, blue used to be the color for girls, and, and pink was the color of boys, mm-hmm. yep. because it was believed that red was a manly color, mm-hmm. and they couldn't be reds, they had to be a little bit washed down red, yeah. as the little... Babies. Babies. And then, and then... <laughs> and then it switched. <laughs> because from the story, I don't know, this could be, this could be uh, a rumor, but the story I heard is that it was... In Nazi Germany, they put the pink triangles on the gay men, and so they were like, oh, pink is gay, we have to switch it, pink is for girls. But I don't know if that's true, that's just the biggest story that I have heard. Yeah. So, there's a certain irony in it when you think about it, because the colors that we dress babies in are usually pastels anyway. (laughs) The baby can't even see the colors till they're over five months old. Yeah. Oh, it's not for the babies. No, I know. I mean, not to mention, it's this horrible... And I know there is a movement with a lot of growing more and more to dress your babies gender neutral. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've heard from women that Mm -hmm. have gender neutral Mm -hmm. dressed babies, they get a lot of flack. 
Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they do. Because there's you're trying to force your trans agenda on them. It's like no, actually, we're just not forcing a binary on them. And if they want to be a girl, then by all means, we're happy to let them. When, if they want when to they're dress. old enough yeah. to tell me, like you know, I I really really try very hard when possible to not gender a child because we don't know what gender that child is. I try to yeah. use actually a child knows their gender by roughly by age two. But it's the fact that our if society, they can't yeah, it. <laughs> often because I know as a kid. Again, peeing standing up. Um, I, I have refused. a girlfriend when you used to be able to pee and stand up. I can sort and of do it, could... but I gotta like fiddle with it. It's not. It's not easy. Well, she had the technique down. <laughs> put a finger on either side of the urethral opening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just squeeze slightly, and it would shoot out in a nice stream. See, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of doing that because I don't want to. I don't want to pee on myself. I'm not gonna. I can't. I did it accidentally when I went to pee in a cup. Oh! <laughs> Shot it out across the. <laughs> no, and the thing is, this is always so taboo to talk about because people are like, "Whoa, why are you talking about the way that you used to like pee as a kid? That's like too much information." It's like. As a kid. Yeah, it's like, why, like, it's, I mean, also true. It's part of identifying who you are, even at a young age, like, not, your own self-discovery. But it's still labeled as taboo. Because it is. Every, oh, it is. Because <laughs> our society is, it's not that it's prudish, it's that it is sex negative to the point of nausea and to the point where sex education is frowned upon. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand... I mean, God, there are 16-year-old boys who understand exactly just from... Boys and girls both will know exactly how a, a penis ejaculates and how everything works and all the tissues, but they don't fucking know what a clitoris is half the time. Exactly. Or they only think it's a nub that sticks mm-hmm. out and not an entire organ yeah. with multiple parts on the inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, had, they did a... Some group did this thing a while back. They took a thousand people... And they asked them first to draw a penis. Mm-hmm. And this was both men and women. Yep. And everybody could draw a penis. Yep. Then they asked them to draw a vulva. And it's harder. And only, like, I think it was like four or five got it right out of a thousand. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> See, and I like, I, I did that. And I think part of it, too, is for men, it's out there. Oh, yeah. But for women, you almost have to get a mirror. Oh, I did that, too. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not just that visibly present. In our media, to say the least, because it comes down to the female orgasm is rated R up, whereas the male orgasm is only PG-13 in movies, which is why you get so many jacking off jokes, whereas if a girl were to masturbate on TV, then it's considered incredibly sexual and inappropriate that's why have and you, the word slut oh, oh you're just uh, a slut uh, i hate that i hate when people call anyone that i think it's rude i am a total slut <laughs> i mean i mean in all playfulness it comes down to it's like oh i'm always a slut for cookies or like whatever you know but but it can be damaging it really can and it can be ostracizing Oh, I was ostracized. I mean, I got caught playing with boys in Silsby, Texas, of all places. Oh, no. (laughs) I just remember... From then on, no one would have anything to do with me. Uh I mean... 
I that just crazy. I was raised. I was raised in a private Christian school, uh, growing up, which mm. was yeah, it was evangelical private school. It was all. It was very cult. Like I'm not gonna lie, um, but I remember I was. 12 or 13 and I my aunt had taken me shopping to um, Macy's and I had gotten like these cute underwear they were like polka dot and they had these little um, uh, slits in the front with uh, lace that would crisscross through um, just on either side of my hip bones and uh, a bow on top and it was really cute and they were pretty comfortable I liked them and as soon as I was getting changed every single person in the locker room stopped me and was like Lulu has stripper panties, Lulu has stripper panties. And, like, it was like that for the rest of the year. And, you know, I ate it up at the time because I was, like, I had some, like, weird, demented form of humor back then. I was the weird kid in general um, because I never wore skirts because I was always so adamantly against it. Um, And because I had just all of this turmoil because of so many parts of me that were just really stuffed deep down. Oh, God, I remember they used to call me the vampire kid. My, um, I have this, uh, um, I have this, uh, it's an autoimmune thing from what I've been told by the several doctors who actually take the time to, but if I get overheated, then I'll break out, um, in the hives. Okay. And, um, back then it happened all the time. And because the Texas sun is so hot, if I stepped in the sun, it would happen more than any other time. And my little sharp canine teeth, my baby teeth didn't fall out, but my adult teeth grew over them. So I had four of those canines at any one time, and between the allergy to the quote-unquote sun and the uh, basically four vampire fangs I had, all the kids were like, oh, it's the vampire kid, oh, it's the freak, they don't, you know, they want to be a, and people would ask me, I remember as a kid, people would tell ask me if I was a boy, and I'd get pissed off because I was told that that was bad. Yeah. But, and they'd always, you know, like, oh, you know, she wants to be a boy, or, oh, she looks like a man, isn't she fucking ugly, just shit like that, and it was so horrible, because kids are mean. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they are. Nowadays, though, my boyfriend has a 12-year-old little sister, and she just pops up to me one day, and, like, with zero context, just goes, I'm really supportive of trans people, I think that they're really great, and I hope that they have good lives, and she's just Mm -hmm. super great about it. Yeah. Because... The, this, I mean, her generation is mm-hmm. less fifty, yeah. less than fifty percent are straight. Yeah, society has changed a lot. My cousins, for a little while, I thought I was going to help raise them, because uh, my cousin died, and she had a one-year-old and a six-year-old, and originally, like my aunt and my uncle, took the kids, and they were both working, and I was going to be the stay-at-home caretaker and I remember one time I was I was on Facebook um, just scrolling through and Michaela the the six-year-old comes and runs up to me and sits on my lap and she was like that girl's really pretty I'm like yeah and she's like she's really pretty but she kind of looks like a boy I said well you know she was born a boy but she realized later that she wasn't a boy so now she's a girl and she was like oh i didn't know that was a thing that happened and then she went back to playing and yeah that's that's how hard that conversation has to be it's super dead simple but then on the other hand my sister is nine and i remember the wonder woman uh, movie came out only a couple months ago right Mm -hmm. and i went and saw wonder woman with her and my mom 
my mom has no idea I'm gay. She has no idea I'm non-binary. If she did, I think she should have break and never let me see my sister again. Let alone that I'm pagan. Oh my God. But we went and saw Wonder Woman. And when my mom went to the bathroom, I looked at my little sister and was like, oh my God, I want to marry Wonder Woman. And my sister's like, but she's a girl. I was like, yeah, so what? And she goes, you can't do that. And I'm like, who set, by whose standards? And she Actually, goes, legally you can now. And that's true. But um, she she was really confused because my family is incredibly homophobic and she's learning that too. Here's the thing. My aunt is, my mother's sister um, is uh, lesbian or bi. My parents don't really talk about it. They don't let me talk to her that much. So mm-hmm. I, But I know she's gay. My mother talks exactly like I did when I was in the closet. Oh my God, she's so pretty. She's gorgeous. She's absolutely stunning. She's, oh, she's so pretty. And like, I can barely watch this movie. This girl is so pretty. Like, that's obviously mm-hmm. kind of fucking gay. Yeah. And my mom talks like that all the time, but she's like, no, I'm straight. I'm totally straight. And all I'm thinking is like, let's be honest, mom. But <laughs> there's, there's something genetic to be said in my family, at least in uh, females or assigned female at birth. Mm-hmm. I'll use AFAB and AMAB all the time yeah, just yeah. because it's easier. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's much easier to say than lots of other things. But um, it's so ingrained that she's already starting to get that early, and it'll take time to work her out of it. Mm-hmm. But I've already planted, like, the little seeds here and there of, like, mm-hmm. no, it's okay to be these things um, mm-hmm. and to teach her to think for herself on those things. Mm-hmm. But she also goes to the same school that I went to. So it's all really, she's like following almost the exact path, but she's popular. Kids like her, you know, Mm -hmm. she's, she's got some stuff going for her at least, Mm -hmm. but it comes down to the family environment is such a huge factor in whether or not a kid will be easily accepting of LGBT issues. Yeah, I know that for sure. And often we think of GLBT, that's kind of a new phenomenon that, Actually, it's been since the eons of time. Forever. Forever and ever. But even when they did the Wizard of Oz, the Scarecrow snuck in a bisexual comment. He said, some people go this way, some people go that way, some people go both ways. Oh, I never noticed that before. (laughs) And it got past the censors. That's great. I never even realized that. So, even in the Wizard of Oz. Well, yeah, but, like, the, the Lion, the Tin Man, and the Scarecrow were clearly very gay. The I Scarecrow mean, was definitely bisexual. Well, okay. I mean, it's like Xena, Warrior Princess. Mm. She's so gay. You can't even deny it. Her and... Um, Gabrielle. Gabrielle. They're, like, totally a thing, but because of the time, they weren't allowed to air that on TV. Like, yeah. that would have been incredibly taboo. The show would have gotten shut down. Yeah. Courage the Cowardly Dog. You know that freak cartoon in the 90s? Mm-hmm. That got shut down because this rabbit, like one of the cartoons was a rabbit, left her abusive male dog boyfriend for a cat who was female in all the Christian... Nothing else. Not like the weird barracuda in the bathtub or like Freaky Fred the barber. None of that like got the parents mad. It was the bunny leaving the dog for the cat. That's what got the show shut down. Well, wow. I- I think we, in general, as society, have this thing about what we believe is moral and morality. Oh, yeah. And it's like, whose morals? You know, we were very much founded with Protestant morals and beliefs. America was. Oh, yeah. 
And Actually, it's more uh, puritanical. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like <sighs> morals are something that are taught. They're subjective entirely. Exactly. And so when people are like, oh, it's not morally right. Well, whose morals are you speaking of? And they'll mm-hmm. usually say, God. Which one? Well, <laughs> one last question before we end. How does it feel when you can be the identity you want to be? I, it's not just happiness. Because I can be like, oh, it makes me so happy. It's this extreme relief and elation. And it's, it's, it's like the moment you get home and you take off your shoes and you sit your ass down on the couch and it's that, that sigh when you're done. And you know, I can relax now. And it's that contentment with it. And... There's also a ton of anxiety. I'm not even going to deny that because I can't approach everyone who um, calls me a lady. I can't say this, that, and the other when my mom calls me her daughter. You know, I can't say like, ah, you can't say that. Um, but more than anything, it's it's freedom incarnate is what I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel very much the same way. I feel like... Before that, there was this block, and, like, there were a lot of things I couldn't learn about myself. And that now that that block isn't there, like, all of a sudden, I'm able to be a stronger, fuller person. And I feel like if I had never found it, I would mm-hmm. have been stunted to some degree forever. I could have oh, still yeah. had a good life. I had a good life before. But, you know, if I wouldn't be able to be as full uh, of a person as I am. I think for me, and my situation was a little different, because I've even been kicked out of uh, trans bars. What? For being, yeah. That's horrible. That's weird. Well, uh, I went and talked to the group that were able to pass, mm-hmm. and they assumed that I wasn't passing because I didn't wear policies and I didn't hide my bulge in my yeah. lower pants <laughs> or I'll dress in that case. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, I'm not trying to pass for anything except what I am. And that's you. And I'm, yeah. I'm not boy, I'm not girl. And my wife, but the one of the liberating things that I experienced was my first bisexual conference where I wore a dress and had all the wrong pokey out of you parts. Oh. And everybody just celebrated it. That's fantastic. And I just felt like I'd come to my own. It was just, I felt this sense of liberation and freedom and, and this whole, not just that I could be that way, but people got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that. Not just that. you understand your identity, but mm-hmm. they do too. And they're mm-hmm. happy about it because you're happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it became, you know, I was one of the early ones to do that. Would you say that there was a certain level of acceptance? Oh, totally. Oh, acceptance. Not then. only acceptance, ding, 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 but I they? think some, to some degree a sense of, wow, I want to be like him. I was kind of, or her, or it. <laughs> Them. Whatever, whatever it was, uh, yeah. I want to be like that. It's like, there's this sense that I want that kind of freedom. 
and that and, and that's so that and you feel so spaces. oh you feel like a god at that point you're like mm. oh yes look at me people are looking up mm. to me mm. exactly <laughs> but thank you all for being on the show thank, thank you for you. having us <laughs> i find it interesting that adults in our culture aren't provided with sexual education even married couples don't have access to adequate sexual education it's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. But just like every other human endeavor, sex is something that we have to learn. But there's so much more that we can experience if we have an adequate sexual education. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join me in a sex-positive lifestyle where you learn how to feel the beautiful creature that you are, how to identify and know that you're beautiful and sexy and gorgeous just as you are. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions that you may have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. If you have a topic you enjoy on this show or interested in, in learning more about sex and would enjoy a more in-depth learning experience, Check out Raven's Lair Adult Education Training Videos. They are at www.ravenslayerleather.com videos. Be sure to check out the free training offer and explore some of the topics we cover on the show in greater depth by obtaining Raven's Lair Sexual Education video training programs. Some of the training includes worksheets and erotic exercises that you can put into use to enjoy a liberating sex life. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier Explore everything sexual. Good night and enjoy. For years, Minky Couture has been donating blankets to Nick Hughes across the country. Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world.